Welcome back to another episode of Kate and Isaiah Living Large. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Kate. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest that we've been talking about on the podcast for a long time. To kick off our new year, uh, we've got Dr. Mike Pelkey, also known as my brother-in-law, because I'm sure that's what he goes around the hospital. I'm Caitlin Dean's brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> he's an endocrinologist, and he's going to tell us what an endocrinologist is right now. So an endocrinologist is a specialist who deals with hormones for the main part. And uh, in our purview, certainly um, weight comes up as often a topic. Uh, so we're going to have a conversation around uh, weight and obesity today. But I do have to say that uh, I, nothing I say, this will all be generalities, can be taken as individual advice to any one particular person. And if someone ever does want to start an exercise program, all of our guidelines would suggest see your primary care physician first if you're middle age or older, because you don't want to get injury while you're trying to get healthy. That's great advice. What is middle age anyway? I, 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 am I middle age now? Yes, <laughs> you are. Okay. <laughs> Where does middle age hit? Is it 40 or is it? Oh, I think 40 is a pretty good number. <laughs> Sadly, I like to keep pushing it forward. And I'm thinking now maybe it's 50, but eventually you got to get used to the fact. <laughs> but we're middle aged. We're middle aged. Yeah. yeah. Like I got like a few more years then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just, just shove that in there a little bit. <laughs> so... Essentially, what we're all very curious about as we kick off the new year and so many people are going to start weight loss programs and things like that. Why is it that some people are obese, which is the medical term, um, and some people aren't despite lifestyle choices, etc.? Because, you know, there's lots of people who walk around the world doing very unhealthy things who are probably rather unhealthy, but are not fat. Like, why, why is it some people are and some people aren't? Oh, there's a lot of factors that play a role with that. And I'm not sure we've got them all figured out at this stage. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> genetics certainly plays a role. Uh, there's no question that uh, um, we often see obesity, which again, I am going to use that term because it is the medical term. And it's kind of sad that society has made it a swear word or something offensive. Um, but it is our how we discuss uh, overweight. Um, <clears throat> so there's... there's uh, you know, activity levels, there's genetics on how your metabolism is set up, uh, combination with dietary intake. Um, oftentimes medications that people may be on may play a role with weight changes, other conditions that they have. So there are some conditions that will lead to weight gain regardless of what you do. Um, the, the thing, even other interplays, they even wonder if the uh, bacteria in your gut plays a role. They've done little studies where they took chubby mice and thin mice and changed their bowel contents and the weight changed. Um, so we don't have nearly uh, the full grasp on uh, why somebody can eat a pizza and not gain a pound and someone can look at a pizza and does gain. But we do know overall, the best way to look at it is um, what we can control, uh, energy in and energy out. So what you, what you eat and what you do, but it is not that simple in most cases. And do you find uh, that the research in that area has it become drastically different from when you first got into it? I don't know how long have you been in the world of, I can't pronounce the name, endocrinology? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Hormones. <laughs> Hormones. Yeah. Uh, do, do you find that the, the world of 
studying that has uh, changed since you first started into it? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, 15 years now uh, that I've been in practice or will be this coming summer. And if you add my training in, it means 20 years of it all together. So there, there's uh, everything has changed. Uh, there, there will be very few things that have um, not taken different tacks. And probably one of the biggest ones I think is, is there's certainly more of a trend to looking at obesity as a disease process. Um, <clears throat> I think in the past, and still with a with a lot of physicians, I suspect it's looked at as a as a lifestyle choice. Um, you know, a willpower thing. And although there are certainly overlays, nothing in medicine is ever a hundred percent. There's, there are conditions, there are things that play a role that are outside of our control. So the study now is moving towards how can we monitor and manage that and what's, a, what's effective in that treatment? Um, because, uh, uh, you know, we've done a lot of research on diet and exercise and now we're moving on to, Hey, what can we do with genetics? What can we do with um, other physiology uh, that might play a role with this? And, and it'll keep changing. There's no question. Okay. And how does that change over time when it, when you look at how you've dealt with patients 20 years ago when you're starting out as a resident and as you were being trained versus how you deal with a patient now who's coming who's presenting as obese and likely if they're presenting to you, they probably have some other issues such as diabetes or something like that. How, how do you, how did, how has your personal uh, practice changed on that front? I'm not sure that my personal practice in terms of how I would approach somebody has changed a lot other than uh, perhaps we know more on what will or won't work, or we have more options that we can discuss, right? You know, back when I first started, for example, bariatric surgery were the lap bands. And, yeah. and, and they just don't do those anymore, right? right. So, I mean, the... 20 years ago, bariatric surgery was a lot of complications. Nowadays, it's certainly more streamlined. And, and so our, our options are, are, are certainly different now <laughs> than they were 20 years ago in conversation. But we start this conversation the same way uh, because obesity itself hasn't changed. Our understanding perhaps has, but the, the condition itself um, has really... <clears throat> been more prevalent in the last maybe 70 to 100 years. So it in itself has uh, uh, the reason why somebody sitting in front of me uh, isn't particularly different. Um, and uh, I always find that the first bunch of the conversation is to, to chat about, okay, why are you here? Because if weight loss was easy, none of us would have weight problems, right? Like I carry a belly, there's no question. And and say, how? how? <laughs> because I should know better, right? <laughs> I get told that a lot. But it's, uh, it's, it's not straightforward. Nobody was born into this world thinking, mm, I can't wait to get fat. Right? <laughs> it, and it's just so, if it was easy, then there wouldn't be an issue. And so people come in frustrated. And most of the first time, before we ever get to talking about treatments and how things work, is to just talk about the condition itself. And... What, what risks? So maybe we should start by defining what obesity is, because I don't think obesity is somebody who has 10 pounds to lose, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So medically defining overweight is a BMI. Everybody heard of a body mass index? What mm -hmm. BMI yeah. means? Okay. So we've talked we talk about it a few times. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you can always argue. So that's one other thing I'll say um, where this has become such a 
touchy topic and yeah. a socialized topic, perhaps. Um, there means there'd be 75 million things online that you could go read and they're not all going to agree. And so, uh, so I could say, Hey, we talk about BMI, um, and uh, some could say, well, that's probably not the best, best measure. Now you can talk waist circumference, but when we're talking about defining it, overweight would be a BMI of over 25 and obesity would be above 30. Um, and then you can grade obesity to stage one, two, three, depending on your BMI from there, or you can grade it with complications, right? So if you have a BMI of above 40, um, the, we don't like the term, but it is used as morbidly obese. And so, hey, now you have indication for surgery. Or, but if you've got a BMI of 35 and you've got diabetes and hypertension and high cholesterol, that's complicated. We would treat that somewhat similar. So we grade it by, um, uh, because we have like to define, right? right, we, right. We, you know, maybe if you look at somebody with a BMI of 28 and say, oh crap, that's not bad. Okay, fair enough. But this is how we define and, and our interventions then go with complications on top of it. Right. Like you say, if somebody has a BMI of 28, but they're also diabetic, well, then it's graded differently. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Well, we would, you know, that. So if you had a BMI of 28 and everything was fine and dandy, we might start with, you know, talking about um, diet and exercise. But if you had diabetes and a BMI of 28, then the conversation might be more about the diabetes. What medications could we use that won't add to your weight right. might actually help? So it may change how we medically manage somebody's. Uh, blood sugars in that scenario that, that makes sense so you're using bmi not as the sole proprietor but as a dot in the aspects it's a good starting off point gotcha. it's a good jumping off point yeah. and and then everything's different from there but you don't live and die by bmi well no i mean you look at a well, you know, an nfl football player who's 250 pounds <laughs> and three percent body fat and then the you know the the offensive lineman who might be 250 pounds and 60% body fat. I don't know. They're, they're very different. So, I mean, your BMI might be the same, but there's certainly a difference there, right. uh, the composition. So everything, and that's the trick with everything in medicine is you get your starting point, but then you tweak. And if someone comes in as a, you know, as a bodybuilder at the gym and rock solid muscle, then that's, <laughs> and that BMI doesn't help. That makes sense. But for yeah. the average Joe, it is a it's a it's a good indicator. Yeah, that makes sense. And what risks does being obese present to people? In a short word, pretty much everything. That's the problem. So you can look at there are things that it increases the rates of. So it increases rates of diabetes and blood pressure and cholesterol. Um, it increases rates of bone and joint things. So arthritis is common. You know, uh, blood flows back to your heart against gravity. And so if you've got a belly pushing down, then leg swelling and edema and then subsequently ulcers and things like that can come from it. But it interferes with there's higher rates of cancer um, in uh, all. And I, I'd have to dig out some books to tell you exactly which ones. I don't have it all <laughs> up in there, that's for sure. But there are higher rates of cancer, certainly infertility from both the men and the women's side. Uh, if you, uh, an obese lady um, gets pregnant, it can be considered a higher risk pregnancy, needs more monitoring. So, so even things like reproduction um, are, are affected by it. Um, certainly the, the mental as health aspects, which I don't deal with quite a bit, uh, more uh, there, you know, how much of it's related to just the, 
the fact of you know body image in today's society where it's a touchy topic versus is there actually an increase um I'm a baseline of mental health disorders that, uh, you know, depression that goes with it. So no, obesity has uh, an impact. And there's a little, there is a, a something online that's starting to to worry us a little bit. And you'll find that there's a, a trend online in some places where people say, oh, weight doesn't matter. You know, it, you know, it doesn't have an impact, but, but it does. And, and they talk about, uh, you know, metabolically healthy obese so somebody who's who's carrying too much weight but it goes and walks every day and doesn't have diabetes and cholesterol doesn't really make a difference and there actually have been some population studies that even if you are metabolically healthy regular exercise and you know in, in pretty good shape but are carrying body weight compared to every somebody of a normal weight same age your death rates and complication rates are still higher uh so unfortunately um we are not designed to carry a lot of extra weight um uh and uh, uh that's but we are also <laughs> not designed to easily lose the weight <laughs> uh and i think that's the one of the biggest things that i start with with people is, um uh why is it so hard to lose weight uh and uh you know the way i look at it is you know ultimately think about it weight loss is fatal yeah um and uh, our body just doesn't know when so you start to lose weight and and you feel better and everything's great and you cross five percent of body weight and and everything's great and you get down to ten percent of body weight loss and and it's kind of like wait a second it's like your accountant saying uh dude you're spending your savings <laughs> your, your, <laughs> your, your retirement package is dwindling here uh so your body kind of kicks in and does a similar thing and starts to say okay wait a second this can't you know if you lose a pound you know, if any of us here lost a pound a week and without stop, then we don't get old age. None of us, right? Um, imagine a, someone 120 pounds losing a pound a week. They, they, they're not healthy when it comes summertime next year. Right. So we have a lot of things in play that once you've started losing weight to prevent it. The problem is our bodies just can't tell. Like we weren't designed to carry this to start with. <laughs> so when we start to lose it, our body starts to say, okay, no, no, we can't lose weight. We just haven't, it can't tell when it's a, a good, safe place to be. Does, I, I could get more technical, but I'm not to be confusing, but. No, no, it's great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great information. Um, so I guess my, um, we've kind of touched on genetics a little bit on, on it also affecting us. Um, I guess does it, it works in both ways, right? It, the, for, skinny people that need to gain weight uh i assume genetics also plays a role in that as well well genetics plays again and i can tell you what percentage right so you can certainly have the genetics to to gain weight but not right or you could have uh or you could you could have a genetics and everybody out there's got that friend who's 130 pounds, you can eat a half a pizza and you kind of want to biff him out a window tape you know? <laughs> but but they eventually it will catch up so to speak so genetics is a component um lifestyle is a component there's a lot of different components which is what makes it so challenging so yeah there are there are going to be people that not don't struggle with weight and and crap i each frankly i can't speak medically to this but i tell the the residents the students because they're all 25 years <laughs> of age said, you know what you hit five it slows down you hit 30. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. just don't get away with what you get away with in the past. <laughs> right. and it's a, it kind of can catch up to you. So there's a lot of different 
more so than just the X for sure. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, you talk about in the medical community, I will go back to what you're saying about the movement of like, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, and I think that is important from a social perspective, like, yeah, you should be able to buy clothes and things like that that fit you and move around the world as a large person. And I think that is pretty uh, an acceptance of the fact that there are people living like that. Otherwise, it's a it's a somebody who's being prejudiced against in some way because of how they are. Having said that, medically, that's a completely different matter. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly, uh, what's the expression? Love the sinner, not the sin, so to speak. Right. And I'm not calling <laughs> obesity a sin by any stretch no. of imagination. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is no, we shouldn't prejudice against anybody who, uh, you know, carries too much weight. Or or we prejudice against somebody with anorexia who struggles with no. it. They, they, are, they are sick and they need help. And, and it, it, it's... And, and so, yes, absolutely. Uh, somebody who's large should have no limitations, right? <laughs> in, in my mind, there should be no discrimination. Should be able to do, you know, whatever job you can do. Now, you, if you're, you know, five hundred pounds and decide you want to go out and cut lumber in the wood uh, woods all day, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> so, I mean, there are some things yeah. that are just you can't uh, do. You just can't do. But that's 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 not discrimination that's just physical that's, yeah. uh, so uh but the thing is is that okay that's that's great we shouldn't discriminate against smokers right but that doesn't mean smoking is healthy and what can we do to get to a more healthy state so on the medical side no we don't we don't discriminate we don't sit down someone comes in the office and i say yeah. you know how did you get here why'd you do this no you say okay here's where we are um and it's not an easy fix but we need to work forward with it unless work our way through, you have complications that we need to deal with. Have we worked up any medical causes that may have led to this? Unfortunately, there's there's not a lot. Um, the internet will tell you there's tons, but there, <laughs> unfortunately, it's rarely the case. All right, so what things can we do differently from a behavioral aspect, from a uh, diet and exercise aspect from a medical aspect, so we so we approach it as a as a condition, not not a not a state of being, but a, a but a condition that's having an impact on health. And how can we help? Because does that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Because there's a there there is a fear, and I, I mean I've experienced this myself, where you don't want to go to the doctor about weight related issues because the last thing you want them to tell you is. Thing that you already know in your head right. yeah, of yeah. the like <laughs> yeah. because, and make you feel bad about it and yeah. and and so you know the fact that that is a pendulum shift like even when i was you know a teenager and going to the doctor and i was a lot less heavy than i am today um and they're like well you need to diet and exercise more and it that has sh there has been a bit of a paradigm shift in the last 20 years yeah i mean you're still going to find Doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals who are going to say, oh, you know, you're overweight and this is why you're here. And why are we you're going to you're going to have even this day and age, you're going to run into health professionals who probably don't fully understand the the difficulty that goes with, you know, wait, you say to them, you really believe that I would keep this on if it was that easy. Uh, but most most um, physicians, and I, I can tell you the training the residents and students are going through is very different training in terms of a, a viewpoint on it. Um, and uh, in terms of, you know, okay, I think you're getting that. I, I know I'm kind of rambling now. No, sorry no, about that. That's good. what we want. <laughs> but but uh, I, I think you're getting that for a lot of things. Like in the first 10 years of my career, the first maybe six or seven years, like transgender was people hit it. You know, they, they kind of came in, kind of 
not because it just wasn't, uh, you know, it was, I've seen people get beat up from. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't happen now, but certainly the pendulum shift in, in, in society um, is certainly improved from that. And the same thing with weight. So a lot of these touchy, hot topics, I think society is becoming more accepting of uh, the fact that they exist and that it's not a state that people have chosen. And now how do we help if there's health-related issues? And I think to think doctors are getting I'd like to think they're getting better at that, <laughs> you know, not saying, okay, this is all your fault, but, uh, okay, what aspects can you change? What aspects can I help you with? And why is it going to be a battle and, and focus on it as a, um, as a condition? And so, if I'm saying that, correctly. yeah, that totally <laughs> makes sense. And, and in that for what is a, what does success look like, uh, yep. in, you know, short, medium term, long-term goals? Well, and that, that's where, that's where the internet starts to color it. <laughs> that's where society starts to play. So one of the hardest things is to, is when somebody comes in and, and trying to get set, what, what are reasonable goals? So lifestyle change, diet and exercise in general. Now, again, this is the thing, because you'll have somebody out there saying, well, I did this diet and I lost 97 pounds and I've kept it off. And, and you, there are most certainly um, people on the outliers and no matter what they do, doesn't work and everything they do works. But, but for 95 plus percent of people, um, you know, we, we, uh, I think I remember where I started. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. What, how do you, what, what does success look like? Yeah. Is the so question. for 97, 95% of people, you start with, uh, with diet and exercise you can expect perhaps five to 10% body weight loss um, with good diligent work before it starts to plateau, right? And it's that plateau where people start to, well, get frustrated. Uh, it's that plateau where your body is now trying to, to put the savings back in the bank, right? You're, you can't keep losing weight. And so a lot of times in 97% of people, there's a rebound back. Once you've kind of got that uh, 5 to 10% down, they rebound back to you've had 4 to 7% off plateau there. So it's, it's not realistic. People come in and say, okay, I want to lose about 200 pounds by the end of next year. It's, that's not going to happen with, with diet and exercise alone. And then we look at treatments that we can use and what percent body weight loss can you get in addition to lifestyle. It's like smoking cessation. If you don't want to quit, no medication out there is going to make you quit. If you, if you don't have lifestyle changes that go along, then, then the medications are going to be less effective. But you can expect a little more. Now, depending on the medication, you can get between an additional 6 to some of the newer ones are going to be up close to 18% of additional body weight loss. But they, anytime you stop any of this medication or stop whatever lifestyle change, you're going to go back to where you had been. Um, the the ultimate losing 25 to 50% of body weight is has to be surgical. We do not have uh, any diet or exercise or medication that can yet match bariatric surgery. Now, they're hopeful. We won't get into future medications because they're not going to be out for a little ways yet, but they're hopeful that they will be able to understand the physiology enough to design something that can match bariatric surgery without a scalpel. We're just, we're not there today. So short-term, Five to ten percent body weight with lifestyle additional. Let's say five to ten, twelve percent if we uh, go with medication. 
but it's not a fast process and there's a lot of plateauing that you got to stick through. And so having some reasonable expectations that like, oh, going to be, you know, 200 pounds down in 12 months. I think some people come in with that and get frustrated when they're, you know, 10 pounds down sure. in two months. We say, hey, <laughs> that's great. One to two pounds a week is a great target. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and even that's hard to do and maintain for sure. But people, they say, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this for a month. And I you know, still haven't gone down three sizes in my clothes. So you have to have that that kind of. Uh, expectation is that, I hope that answers the that yeah. totally answers I, the question. I, I think that's a great segue for part two. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, with our part two episode, and we'll talk a little bit more about um, just different diets that uh, you've seen, different diets we've talked about before, and kind of the, the goods and bads of all. Um, but until next week, where can people, people find you on the internet, Caitlin? You can find me at Fat Caitlin on TikTok, at the Caitlin Dean on X, uh, Caitlin Dean on Facebook, Kate and Isaiah Living Large on Facebook. What about, what about you, Isaiah? Uh, I am at Maritime Brews on all of the social medias. And doctors don't want you to find them on and the internet. And doctors don't want to. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Fair enough. laughs> but uh, until next week, bye. Bye.